The Heart of Art is sponsored in part by the Texas A&M University Art Galleries, which includes the Stark and Forsyth Galleries located inside the MSC. The galleries provide a variety of opportunities to experience art exhibitions, events, and hands-on activities. More information at uart.tamu.edu. The Heart of Art, scoping the Brussels Valley for the best artists and bringing them to your radio. Howdy, Aguiland. Welcome back to the KME Studios. My name is Hector Nino, and you're listening to The Heart of Art. Today in the studios, we have a very special show planned for you. We're going to listen to some music from Brandon Kempf, who is a leader of Brand the Mystic, a local band. And Brandon has a master's in performance study from our very own Texas A&M University. He's also the music director at School of Rock and has participated in many performances with the theater company. Uh, And we're going to have a great discussion about how all of these experiences blend to create a unique performance style here in the Brazos Valley. And we also talk about some of his inspirations, including David Bowie and even from his dreams. So stay tuned if you want to learn more about that. All right, let's start off with one of his songs. This is titled Planet by Brand the Mystic, after which we will jump into the interview. I hope it all comes back 
All right, you guys, that was Planet by Brand the Mystic. Now let's listen to that interview with Brandon Kemp, leader of Brand the Mystic. Hi, Brandon. How are you today? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm very excited for a conversation. My first question, I wanted it to be, where does the name Brand the Mystic come from? Because I'm, I'm, I hear mystic and I'm, I'm thinking something esoteric. So like, where, where did you come up with that? Um, it was actually in part revealed to me in a dream. Okay. Um, I had a dream that I was talking with a friend of ours, a mutual friend, Adrian Dobson, All the right. artistic director from the theater company. Yeah, she's been on the show before. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, she asked me, this was before the inception of the band, she mm-hmm. asked me uh, in this dream, um, what's the name of your band? And I responded, it's called Brand the Witch. Okay. And I woke up shortly after and I thought to myself, that's a very cool band name. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I knew that I wanted to start a band, but I didn't know if I was ready for the witch quite yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I took inspiration from then Gustav Holst's The Planets Suite. Uh, the final uh, movement in that suite is called Neptune the Mystic. So I took that idea, the first part of it, attached it, and there you have it, Brand the Mystic. All right. Interesting. So from a dream, like it was from meant to be, it was meant to happen, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I also want to go through your background before we get into your art. So uh, are you a local here from College Station, Brian? Where were you raised? I was born in Wisconsin. Okay. Um, in a town called Silver Lake mm-hmm. uh, that is in Kenosha County. Um, and I lived for four years in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, pursuing my bachelor's. Um, and I moved to Bryan in 2017 to pursue my master's. Okay, so you, ha- you haven't been here too long, have Not you? Not too long. All right, all right. Well, we're glad to have you here. <laughs> and where did your performance experience begin? Was it there in Milwaukee? It was earlier on Okay. Um, with your typical school organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, I started playing trumpet in school band. Um, shortly after the introduction to music, I picked up guitar on my own. Um, it was electric guitar, very much influenced and inspired by rock music. Mm-hmm. Um, and at, that was about 11 years old. I took lessons for a number of years and performed for the first time shortly thereafter. From then on, it was just starting bands, joining bands, uh, performing in local venues, battle of the bands, um, awesome. and those types of situations. All right. So starting off from school, right? Oh, yeah. And um, what were some of those early inspirations for you? I, I, I hear you mentioned that rock was a big part. Were there any like big ones? Because I mean, from what I look at you, I kind of see like David Bowie, maybe like Freddie Mercury. So I'm just wondering, like, what, what were you into at, the, at that young age? If I trace it back, there's always an inspiration from the the looks and the performance side of things. But early on, it was much about the music. Mm. Um, Led Zeppelin was a big musical beginning for me. Um, inspiration Metallica, who I'm going to see for the first time next month. I'm very excited. Awesome. Um, so I stay true to those inspirations and keep that thrill and that joy of, you know, a young kid listening to new forms of music. I try to keep that alive as best I can. Wow. Nowadays, I'm just welcoming in a lot more of a... Uh, multidisciplinary or or multi-angled approach appreciation for everything even beyond the music all right yeah and we're definitely going to get into that a bit a little later um okay so you got a master's in performance studies from here at texas a&m um what was your bachelor's in my bachelor's was classical guitar performance okay um so i had played guitar as i mentioned from the age of 11 primarily electric but my teacher, my first teacher, was very good about introducing me to jazz, 
classical other styles um, of guitar that went beyond the scope of just electric and rock. Wow. Um, that was very good for my education. Um, and I wasn't, I will say, I wasn't formally classically trained until I began my bachelor's degree. So it was a little bit of a learning curve. But having that very hard discipline, that very intimate sort of relationship with that craft and that, that uh, discipline was quite revolutionary for me personally as a player and understanding the art form itself. Right. I mean, that must have been very intimidating going in to your bachelor's and with other people that probably have had classes since they were like three years old, Absolutely. right? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That must have been so scary. <laughs> it was a learning curve, but that situation gave me a lot of tools as a musician and as a performer, um, also as a, as, a, as a learner, you know, an aspiring artist to, to learn how to navigate through those types of situations. Right. Awesome. And um, what type of research did you do for your master's? For masters, I studied, um, it started with grunge music. Grunge mm. was a huge thing for me when I was in high school, right. um, falling in love with Nirvana, Soundgarden, um, the, the, other, the other big ones. Um, moving forward, I took my love of grunge music, that style, the history, and applied it to a subcultural study, which is a lot more... Uh, palatable, I would say, for, for something like performance studies or a research-based uh, sort of degree. Um, so subcultures, um, uh, grunge as a lens of understanding subcultures in Seattle. That was my, wow. that was my uh, study there. Okay, interesting. Okay, and now you're music director at School of Rock. So what does that exactly entail? So School of Rock is a performance-based music education program. Mm -hmm. um, we have offerings for children as young as four and five, all the way to adults, adult programs. So it's really for everybody. Um, and what School of Rock does that's very different is puts on shows in order to teach music instead of the other way around, which I can relate to the, the inverse of that seeing as I took lessons for about one or two years before I even thought or dreamed of performing. Mm. Um, but at School of Rock, as soon as a student signs up, we have a performance date set for them where they're going to be on stage playing songs that they're going to learn over the course of three, four months. <laughs> so with that, as the music director, I oversee all of the curriculum in terms of song choices, show choices, um, and really helping to decide what is the best music, the best learning opportunity for each student and each band. You must really have to understand how these students are going to adapt with the music. Right? Yes, and it's and it's interesting because it's from a uh, you know strictly musical standpoint, but as well as that performative standpoint. Right. So it kind of reflects well on my life and my upbringing in that I'm very driven by the music, but then I start to look around and explore the other aspects, the other facets of it. Mm -hmm. And all of these things start to come into focus and come into the picture, and it makes for a much better you know, understanding of, okay, this is what we're doing. You know, it's, right. it's, it's not just, I gotta go upstage and play these notes, right? <laughs> it's I've gotta perform. You know, it's, there's a historicity behind it, there's, right. there's a culture behind it, all these very important things, which I love to incorporate into what I do at School of Rock. Right. I mean, I love that you're teaching others, but do you have any like special stories from like maybe talented people that you've met through School of Rock or someone that was really grateful to you? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's 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 so hard to even pinpoint. Um, mm -hmm. I've been with School of Rock since 2019. I started wow. as an instructor 
um, working just a couple of days and working with a couple of the bands. Um, and the pandemic actually um, really gave us an uncertainty as many other artistic organizations. Um, but for us, we went completely remote. Um, nobody was in our facility, um, so we were meeting virtually. Uh, through that time, we had to really reconsider how we were going to keep a performative element right. intact. And what we ended up doing was just meeting as a big group um, in in terms of age groups um, or grades, rather, where we would have about an hour and we would just chat, discuss music that we were listening to, discuss mm -hmm. things that were kind of keeping us going as we we're moving through this period of uncertainty. Yeah. Um, so we op reopened a few months later, and by that point, I was tasked with uh, running the majority of the bands and, and rehearsal programs that were happening at the school. Wow. So from there on out, it was um, kind of me in the, in the role of music director. Um, and I have to say, we put on per performances uh, three times a year. Um, each of those times, there's two different weekends that we'll perform. Mm -hmm. So... And even at that, there's there's like a middle show, a mid-season preview, we like to call it. Okay. Um, so there's, you know, about a dozen performances per year, um, wow. at least. And every time I see those kids get up on stage playing something that they did not know, you know, two months, three months before that, it's just a joy. And it's just an absolute privilege and a, and a pleasure. Right. So. I mean, it's like a celebration of all the hard work that they've been through. Right? 100%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love that. Y'all even had like a support group during the pandemic. Even mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, talking about the stuff that y'all were into. Um, yeah, I think that's really special for those people that were there. All right. Well, let's talk also about your experience at the theater company. So mm -hmm. what were some productions that you participated in? The first production that I was involved in at the theater, I was playing guitar in the pit orchestra for Rocky Horror Show in oh. 2018. Oh, fun. Um, that's still to this day one of my very favorite musicals, pieces of art of all time. Um, we look forward to celebrating that in some capacity every year. Um, I was a little bit more involved with that in 2019 and 2020, um, stepping into the role of uh, Dr. Frankenfurter, actually, for, for Act One. Okay. Uh, we had a nice parking lot drive-in rendition of, of a Rocky Horror performance, and it was incredible. Um, since then, I've been involved in over 15 um, productions with the Pitt Orchestra, which has mm -hmm. been, as a musician, just what you could dream of, is having a, having a job and having the ability to be challenged, um, but also feel the thrill of performing in, mm -hmm. in this unique way. Uh, music theater really brings that opportunity to musicians. Wow. On stage, I've had a couple of... Um, productions that I've been involved in. The first was um, Sunday in the Park with George um, that I was on stage um, playing a playing a role, uh, so to speak. And I've had a few here and there since then, stepping in for Mr. Bucket, uh, right. for Willy Wonka. <laughs> for me. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It was a blast. Um, so I continue that uh, relationship with the theater and it's just, once again, it's it's a it's a pleasure. All right, you guys, we will be going on a quick break, but do not go anywhere. We will be right back. Your experience is amazing, and I'm so curious as to how all of this has culminated into Brand the Mystic. Mm -hmm. So 
when you perform, something that does stick out to me is your appearance. Mm -hmm. um, can you explain like, to our radio audience what you look like when you perform and what that means to you? Yes. Um, my initial uh, idea or, or um, intention with the visual aspect of Brand the Mystic was to get on stage with a costume, something pretty flashy, something pretty extravagant, um, almost looking like a 60s spaceman, if you will, cool. uh, to have the audience who is unknowing and, and not sure what to expect from us just have that thought of, what is going on? Right. What is about to happen? Um, and we fill then that slot of music or a slot of the set time with you know some pretty exploratory music. Uh, uh. Mm. So I like to, from head to toe, I like to, uh, you know, do my hair up in a little pomodoro. I like mm. to wear makeup, which I have to credit my spouse for teaching me how to do awesome. um, very well. So thank you for your contributions. Um, there is a custom costume that I've designed and a friend from the theater, uh, Brittany Green, brought to life. Um, a couple of materials from Joanne Fabrics and an idea and an execution. Um, Beyond that, there's transformations throughout the performance inspired by the stellar performers such as Lady Gaga and drag queens as well, <laughs> where there's a moment in the show where the music kind of slows down. It starts to get a little ethereal. And um, what I happen to do is put on a wig and a headpiece crafted by uh, our friend Vivian Vu. All right. <laughs> um, and there's a couple of other changes, but really I like the idea of the person that walked on stage when the audience was thinking, what is about to happen? That person has transformed or disappeared <sighs> or changed in some way, and now we're watching something else. I really like that theatrical element of the, of the show. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I encourage everyone to go and check out a show if they can, because it's definitely an experience. Um, I mean, you also write your own music, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay, and what is your artistic process for that? What instruments do you gravitate towards for your own music? Um, or do you think about the audience experience firsthand, mm -hmm. or is it more of like a, like a self-expression? So similar to the name of the band, mm -hmm. these days I don't write a song unless... I am completely arrested and enveloped by an idea that just almost divinely pops into my head. Mm. Much of the time this will happen in a dreamlike state. I will either be falling asleep or about to wake up and something pops into my head. I, I sort of come back to consciousness and I make sure that I document it in some way immediately. Mm. Um, otherwise, it's going to fade away and trickle out. Um, but that's these days, that's how I'm primarily writing songs is from that sort of dreamlike state, which has led me to the idea that when we get these inspirations for a song or any sort of artistic idea, it comes from a plane, um, maybe beyond our existence or what we are able to see, that is a shared, it's a communal thing. Um, I've heard a couple of uh, artists speak on this as well so it kind of gives me a little bit of validation to this theory wow. that ideas come from a different place and they're sort of handed to us or gifted to us in a way mm. um, so that's really how I'm writing songs uh, wow. these days it helps me to not be so critical um, mm. my own writing 
because I say to myself, well, this is just I'm just dictating here. Right. You know, this is just what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I it's my job to bring it to life, mm-hmm. not to totally conjure it up from from scratch. I love that because I, I think a lot of people like hold themselves back from participating in a certain art because they're afraid of failure or they're afraid of right. what people are going to react to. But you just kind of like follow what the universe hands you right <laughs> right right and that that i will say too happens a lot with the performative elements of the show um mm-hmm. sometimes i am very inspired by the idea of lights flashing or we are kind of expanding on this horizon of performance with our band by glow sticks is the most recent thing that we've brought to our shows oh, cool. and it's just great to see that childlike joy come out of people when they're like, oh, I get to play with a glow stick. But we also have these very cool light diffracting glasses that uh, they look like 3D glasses, but what they do is they take whatever light's coming in and sort of uh, mirror it in a couple of different ways, and you get to see these rainbows and things. So all of this stuff combined, the flashy sort of costume, um, glow sticks, lighting from the stage itself, things like that, it makes for you know, an extra musical performance, which is, again, one of our main theses, right? The mm-hmm. thesis of the band is to have something beyond music. Right. Um, I mean, it seems like you battle, like, preconceived notions of gender. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we spoke about your makeup, mm-hmm. and I think there was even, like, a line in one of your songs, do you like boys or girls? It's confusing these days, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I was wondering, like, why it's important for you to highlight this. Is this... Um, what are you trying to communicate to the audience? Absolutely. So that line actually comes from a David Bowie song, uh, okay. Hello Space Boy, right. um, which is one of, of course, a personal favorite of mine mm-hmm. from David Bowie. And it's a great segue because he was an incredible inspiration um, for me and, and a lot of other musicians who were exploring this sort of dated idea of androgyny mm-hmm. um, nowadays. Uh, it, gender fluid, I think, is is sort of the... Um, the headline term of, of what we would be talking about here, describing here. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's something that I'm really grateful for to have this performance apparatus because sitting here before you, I'm wearing black jeans and black t-shirt. I, I'm very, you know, cis straight passing. Um, but on stage, I get to explore what identity means in so many different fluid ways and so i'm really grateful for that opportunity of the band and a performance apparatus to explore those things because maybe if i were wearing the makeup and the wig and the headpiece i would have a different answer for you (laughs) but here before you today i'm feeling a little bit like you know the brandon that i've known for about 24 25 years right um so it's a very interesting thing to just be able to explore Mm -hmm. in that sense i mean i think it's a statement in itself that like art itself is genderless mm-hmm. in a way like or it shouldn't be at least mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean i really appreciate that that your band is doing that and mm-hmm. exploring those elements um so what is something about art or your art and that you want our audience to know but we haven't quite t- spoken about yet um i think that through all of these things that we've talked about from my upbringing to the theater company to school of rock it's that I really believe in community and I really believe in um, everybody's voice having a lot of importance in this world. Um, I meet so many young artists, so many young musicians um, who 
have ideas and I know that these ideas are coming from that same place where they're they're coming from me um, and it's just a wonderful thing to be able to participate uh, in that sort of creative plane creative plane of existence um, so there is an to me there is an interconnectivity uh, between all of these disciplines and all of these experiences that I've had and I would like through brand the mystic especially since it's you know a, a creative uh, output of mine that I've sort of um, let's say dictated but pretty much written directed so to speak uh, and so on and so forth um, I want to inspire people that their their place on the earth and their place in this story is very important and very significant <laughs> um, and there are so many infinite ways that we can express ourselves that each individ individual is going to have a different interpretation and a different story to tell right. and that's a very important thing <laughs> wow brandon well <laughs> thank you so much for that that was beautiful um thank you for being vulnerable with me for explaining your all of your experience um so once again that was brandon kemp from brand the mystic i encourage everyone to go check out a show uh, do you have any upcoming shows that you would like to advertise we do uh we are very excited to be participating in the hullabaloo music festival Awesome. i don't know if i pronounced that correctly i believe uh, so i think that's how you pronounce <laughs> it yeah so that'll take place on sunday september 3rd we will be performing at the 101 um, but there's events going on at the grand stafford kinder hill brewery and it's going to be an incredible day of local music as well as the red jumpsuit apparatus so that's awesome all right well i encourage everyone to go check it out if you are available to and thank you once again for your story thank you so much it was a pleasure all right now we're going to be listening to a snip of another song of brand the mystics and this is called amen sane I'm Hector Nino, and you've been listening to The Heart of Art, a production of 90.9 KAMU-FM. You can find all of our shows anytime at kamu.tamu.edu. The Heart of Art is sponsored in part by the Texas A&M University Art Galleries, which includes the Stark and Forsyth Galleries located inside the MSC. The galleries provide a variety of opportunities to experience art exhibitions, events, and hands-on activities. More information at uart.tamu.edu.